This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On this episode of Just Healthcare Daily, we hear from Rosemary Day. In her new book, Marching Toward Coverage, she calls on women to engage more actively in the debate over universal coverage. It's Monday, April 6th, and I'm Alex Olkin with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. On Friday, the Trump administration said the federal government would pay hospitals for treating COVID-19 patients without insurance. This pandemic is magnifying the gaps in health insurance coverage, a problem healthcare consultant Rosemary Day says needs to be fixed, since our individual health affects the collective health of the country. She's the CEO of Day Health Strategies and has spent much of her career working to expand health insurance coverage. Day helped lead Massachusetts health insurance reform under then-Governor Mitt Romney. And in her new book, Marching Toward Coverage, she talks about how we can get to a world where everyone has insurance. She joined me to talk about the book. Here's some of that conversation. 28 million Americans are uninsured and many more are underinsured. Do you think the pandemic is showing just how big of a problem this lack of health care coverage is? What most people know, you know, in their heads and in their hearts is that in this country, um, if you show up at the hospital, you're going to get a big bill. In fact, one of the you know, pieces of legislation that had been moving through Congress in a bipartisan fashion was the whole thing on surprise bills. It's gotten a lot of attention. And, and so, you know, Americans just kind of know that they've got to pay to play, essentially, and that there's this gotcha aspect to healthcare that you're going to have a thousand dollars or more like, you know, on your credit card um, because you showed up. And so even though there may be some exceptions for coronavirus, it's not well understood, and it's not part of our cultural makeup. We have a much more gotcha approach to uh, billing people, and and so um, because that's just how our healthcare system is financed. In other countries, there is more of a basic safety net for everybody. I, I call it a fleece blanket, you know, in the book. But it's it's something because there's more of a collective, I think, understanding and acknowledgement that we actually our health individually affects our health collectively. And I think America culturally has been a little reluctant to get there, but I do think the coronavirus uh, pandemic is going to really 
<laughs> show people that, in fact, the individual and the collective are, are, are truly tied together. Whether health insurance is a right or a privilege has long been a debate in this country. Why did you decide to write the book now? When Trump was elected um, and we had an entirely Republican-controlled Congress, I was pretty convinced that we were going to see the end of the Affordable Care Act. Um, and I wanted to explain to people why it was so important to have this, um, this coverage. But as I embarked on the process of writing the book, I realized that it needed to be more than that. I wanted to create a vision for a future, um, one that I hoped we could start to realize um, in 2020 and then beyond, where we would truly get to universal health care as every other wealthy country has. Getting to universal coverage is something that has perplexed many policymakers over the years. How do you lay out in the book the path to get there? First, I think people have to be informed and not be intimidated by this topic. So I, I tried to really um, simplify uh, the topic of, of health insurance coverage and, um, and what it means to make something a right in a country um, and how other countries have done it. So um, while I'm a policy wonk at heart, I realize not everyone else is. And so I wanted to give people some kind of fundamental um, building blocks of knowledge and tie it to personal stories so that it would be compelling. Like why, you know, why is it the U.S. is where we are today? Um, to have that understanding of um, what is and then move to what could be. And so I lay out um, some different paths that we could take. Um, and I give examples from countries that people may not know as much about, like Germany, um, that have uh, universal health care with a strong private sector component, uh, which I do think is one of those you know, dearly held American values that we, we don't want to give up. Um, and, and that's important. You always have to move forward policy in a values-based way. In the book, you call on women to participate in the debate on universal coverage more actively. Why specifically women? According to the U.S. Department of Labor, women make 80 percent of the health care decisions at the family level. They've been called by some the chief medical officer of, of the household. And, you know, we are seeing that, uh, you know, in spades right now with uh, the coronavirus situation um, as that you know, bundle of decisions has grown, you know, even even bigger um, that that women tend to make the majority of. So uh, so that's that's a fact at the household level. But as soon as you move out into um, the political level and the corporate arena, when you get to the places where uh, the real power is held, women certainly are not 80 percent um, of those decision makers and they're not even 50 percent. Uh, so I see a tremendous gap between what are our uh, priorities at the political um, at the political and corporate levels versus versus what's actually happening and the needs at the household level. Obviously, universal coverage, though, hasn't been a panacea because you look at countries like Italy, for example, who are really being hit hard with uh, the pandemic. And it's not like they're necessarily faring any better. I don't know if it's too early to make that. And I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but it, it hasn't been a panacea. Um, what's your response to that? I would just say coverage is necessary, but it's not sufficient. I mean, there are so many uh, components that affect health. Uh, that that go far beyond what the coverage discussion is, um, and I and I talk about that in in the book. I mean, I fully acknowledge that, but um, the lack of coverage in the U.S. is a particular barrier to entry, and it exacerbates disparities and inequalities. So Italy is facing some really tough choices, um, but they're not also wrestling with the coverage choice. 
And that leads into how, how do you think the pandemic will change the politics around the public option or Medicare for all, the two policies we've heard about and the Democratic uh, candidates? Certainly on the Democratic uh, side, as, as we you know, finish out this primary season, um, it adds far more salience to um, the notion of universal health care. What the Democrats are debating, because both, both Biden and Sanders are saying health care should be a right. The question is, how do you actually get there? And um, and so Sanders' proposal is far more radical, um, and it really eliminates a lot of the, the role of the private sector. And Biden's is more of an incremental approach, but still a fundamental commitment to making healthcare a right. Um, you know, I, my experience is that Americans digest things better when it's done incrementally. So my view is we should have clear that healthcare should be a right and we get there in, in ways that the American people can digest so that we actually get there. Once we get through the pandemic, how do you think the healthcare system will change? In terms of the healthcare system itself, you know, the delivery system um, will have to make adjustments uh, right now to get through the crisis. But then I think really um, the notion of prevention and, and lots of the public health measures um, that often aren't very, for lack of a better word, sexy, <laughs> are, are things that I think people will need and want to pay more attention to going forward. So um, what what pieces of our infrastructure do we need to um, strengthen so that people have better access to primary care um, and, and ways to, to take uh, good care with, with prevention? And coverage is a part of that, but it's like how we, um, you know, deliver, deliver the health care itself is also going to, I think, need to be revisited. That was Rosemary Day, author of Marching Toward Coverage and CEO of Day Health Strategies. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olgan. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.